Let's bow our heads for the prayer for illumination before we open God's Word today. Loving God, we know that your Spirit is here with us. We feel your Spirit through the music. We feel your Spirit through the fellowship that we've experienced. And God, I ask that we open up our hearts to receive the Spirit within our hearts so that we will know that we have been with you and we will know of your deep love for us so that we can exchange, give it to others. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Behold, I will create new heavens and new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. <clears throat> For I will create Jerusalem to be the delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take light with my people, delight with my people. The sound of weeping and crying will be heard no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. He who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere youth. He who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build them houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, nor plant and others eat, but for for as the days of a tree, so will the days of my people. May chosen one, my chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. They will not toil in vain or bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be the people blessed by the Lord. They and their descendants before them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. But dust will be the servant's, serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. The second reading is from Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. <clears throat> Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for me, you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they say, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that we are, they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will come not right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, but there will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you, they will deliver you they will deliver you to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. 
You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate because of me, but not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. It's a lot of reading. Thank you, Marsha. <laughs> you left a bookmark. I'll get it to you later. Um, this is all good stuff, believe it or not. Um, and, and I felt that all of it needed to be read. So thank you, Marsha, for reading all of this for me. The um, context for the New Testament reading. Actually, let's start before that. What we're looking at here is called apocalyptic literature. Apocalyptic literature. It means the end of things. Um, at least things that, that we called our normal. Um, Jesus is talking apocalyptically about the destruction of the temple. And I can see as we're looking, and if we put ourselves right there, watching the people admiring this temple, the beautiful temple, they're admiring it, the stones and all the beauty of this temple. And the, I mean, I don't, if you have not seen the way this temple looked, come into my library sometime. I'll show you pictures of how it was beautiful, just a beautiful structure. And Jesus was foretelling that this place is going to get destroyed. Now, what do you do with that kind of information? Here you are admiring this big structure, this place where God lived. People believed that God lived in this temple. And Jesus says, oh yeah, you see that? He drops the bomb. Yeah, there's not going to be one stone left on top of the other. What do you do with that information? I mean, really, this thing that you drew your comfort from, this place where you met God at, this place where, where it, was, it was normal for us to attend, and now you're telling me, God, uh, Jesus, that, that this place is going to be destroyed? What in the world? Where will God live? Where will we find God? It took away their normal. They didn't like that. And by the way, just a little context beyond that, which, which is a little bit of irony. Uh, this temple was beautiful. And they did love the temple. But this temple was built by King Herod. And they hated King Herod. And so here's the thing. King Herod, he was trying to be a, win this popularity contest. He knew that people hated him. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build them this big, beautiful temple, and they can't help but love me. And they fell in love with the temple, but they still hated the king. <laughs> I thought it was a little ironic. Um, yeah. So what, what is that supposed to mean? Jesus is speaking apocalyptically. This thing will no longer be in existence at one point. And sure enough, as history tells us, that uh, Rome surrounded Jerusalem and attacked and destroyed the temple. Just as Jesus promised, people were taken to captivity, people were persecuted, people died. It was gone. What are you going to do with that? 
what they did find out was this. God refuses to dwell in our boxes or in our sanctuaries or in our temples. God is here, but not, God is not confined to here. And so out of that, something beautiful came. This is my thesis statement if you're taking notes. Sometimes things that are comfortable to us have to die so that God can do a new thing in our lives, a better thing in our lives. And, and, and that's what happened. There was an understanding all of a sudden that God does not live in this temple, that God wants to live in this temple, in our hearts. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so understandings changed. God doesn't want to be confined in a building. God wants to dwell in each one of us, each and every one of us. The story can have meaning for us as well. One day, all of this will be no more. I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm not even going to speculate. Jesus gives us some ideas. It's not going to be something that we're comfortable with. It's going to create different norms. And yet, according to Isaiah, this world and the way things are now have to be destroyed so that God can create all things new. And we want to fight that. We want the normal. We, don't, we get comfortable in this normal that we have. This world is different post-pandemic than it was pre-pandemic. It's a different world I was in HEB the other day, and they, they, they continue to make those barriers more permanent, <laughs> those plexiglass barriers that keep adding and reinforcing, and I'm like, well, when do those come down? They're not. Our lives are forever changed. Some hospitals this pastor can't go into anymore, where I could walk in freely no matter what. Yes, come, your parishioners here, come see them, and... And it's different. It's hard for me to accept. It's different. So we tend to fight that. We want to return to normal. The way things were. The good old days. Right? We believe if the right politician is in office, things are going to get better. We long for the days when life was easy. We had no responsibilities. Maybe when we were kids, the worries were on other people's shoulders. We want those days. We want things to be simple. We want things to be easy. And so we've seen, we tend to fight anything that's changed, that's different. And yet God is inviting us. God's invitation is that thing that you're deriving your comfort from, give it to me. That, that family member that maybe is making some difficult choices, not choices that we'd be making, God says, give that to me too. 
things maybe going bad in our lives. Maybe we're losing health. And God says, give that to me. I want that. And as part of that invitation, God says, I want to give you a new thing. But you've got to let go of the old thing. Are you following me so far? Let go of the old thing. The old has to die. We stand here, I stand here, I've said this many times from this pulpit, we have to die to self in order for God to come within us through the Holy Spirit and change us from the inside out. But God can't do that as long as we're holding on to pieces of ourselves, right? The story is told of songwriter Thomas Dorsey. Thomas was born in 1889 before I was born, for sure. He was born in rural Georgia. He was a prolific songwriter and an excellent gospel and blues musician. While a young man, Dorsey moved to Chicago and found work as a piano player in churches as well as clubs and theaters. He was struggling to support his family. He divided his time between playing in clubs and playing in the church. And after some time of turbulence, Dorsey devoted his artistry exclusively to the church. In August of 1932, Dorsey left a pregnant wife, his pregnant wife in Chicago and traveled to be the featured soloist at a large revival meeting in St. Louis, Missouri. Later that night, after the revival, he got a telegram. Your wife just died. Man, what do you do with that? What do you do with that news? Dorsey raced home and learned that his wife had given birth to a son before dying in childbirth. And days later, the son died as well. Dorsey buried his wife and his son in the same casket. Terrible. What do you do with that? What do you, where do you find God in that? He refused to compose or play any music for some time. He withdrew from family and friends. He became withdrawn. And one day, while he was still in despair, Dorsey said that he sat in front of a piano and all of a sudden he felt a peace. It just washed over him and washed through him. And he heard a melody, a new thing. He heard this melody in his head that he'd never heard before in his life. And he began to play it on the piano. And that night, Dorsey wrote down his testimony to song in the midst of his suffering. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. 
lead me home. Beautiful words. We're going to sing this before we leave here today. I want to be very clear, though. God didn't cause any of this. God didn't cause the tragedy in Dorsey's life. And yet, God says, Mr. Dorsey, give that grief to me. Give me that sadness. Give me that loneliness. Give it all to me. And I'm going to redeem that. And I'm going to make something beautiful out of it. And sure enough, that's what happened. A new song, a testimony, a revelation of a God who has promised to never leave or forsake. A God that says, I am with you even unto the end of the world. Let us pray. Loving God, life down here is difficult. And sometimes it's just hard to see you through the tragedies of our lives. Sometimes you lose faith. Thank you, God, for the grace. Thank you for the grace that allows for losing faith. Thank you, God, for continuing to reach out to us, even, especially, even in the trials. Reaching out to us in love, saying, let me take you home. Let me take you into my heart. Let me take your hand and lead you on. God, as I'm up here in prayer, I am aware that there are people here in this congregation and there are people watching online. They need to feel you. They need to feel you through the storm, through the night. They need to feel you leading. They need to feel your heart. So God, I create space right now for everyone here and those watching online to bring their petitions before you. Dear God, hear our prayers. For we pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.